Troy and Marshall start out 4-0, but we got to start with all coaches owe Nick Saban. It's Locked On Sunbelt. You are Locked On Sunbelt, your daily podcast on the Sunbelt Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Dave Schultz, Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Slow sports news day yesterday uh, and today already. Bill Belichick is, excuse me, moving on from uh, the Patriots. But we do need to talk about Nick Saban. And we'll get to the basketball. We'll recap the Marshall uh, uh, win over Georgia Southern. That was a good ball game. And so was the Troy and Cajuns uh, ball game, although a little bit uh, sloppy. And we'll go over the betting lines for tonight's uh, Sunbelt Hoops action. But the huge news yesterday in sports, maybe just period, was Nick Saban calling it a career. I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure I saw that one coming. I thought he was going to try and run it back one more time with Jalen Milrow. Uh, he bought a big house, uh, you know, in South Florida. Uh, and, you know, you got all the NIL and all the portal stuff. That is not the easiest thing to deal with. And so it, it is a, it's a 365, you know, a year, you know, 365 day a year job. And so it, it, there's no downtime, really. Whereas the pro, co- pro coaches get some downtime. If you take what the pro coaches are doing now, other than fighting for jobs, you know, they're breaking down their own team, right? They get a little bit of a break. You know, free agency doesn't start for a little bit. There, there's downtime. They don't have to worry about, you know, recruiting kids coming up in February, not to mention keeping their own kids. They don't have to worry about any of that. Uh, and so uh, I don't know if there's a team out there that has benefited from NIL and the portal just quite yet. But maybe the NIL and the portal has hurt Alabama more where it's evened things out a little bit more across uh, across, you know, college football where um, Alabama isn't quite as dominating. Like there had been times when they were just exponentially better than their opponents. And there was a huge separation, whether it was them in Ohio State, them and Clemson, them and LSU, them in Georgia. And that's not the case anymore. So things have uh, evened out a little bit there, although other schools haven't quite taken advantage. You could, you could say Oregon got Bo Nix, but that didn't get him to a playoff. They, he hasn't, you know, Dan Landing still hasn't been in a playoff, and that's the name right now that seems to be most connected with uh, Alabama. Uh, but what I want, this is what I wanted to say, because I'm, I'm really good at talking out of both sides of my mouth and mouth, mouths, uh, both sides of my mouth and, uh, this is the best part about it, and I, I didn't really know any of this until I got to uh, Alabama and spent three years doing radio in Mobile. I, I think it's twelve million, but we'll just say ten million because that's easier in the math. Because I could sit here and tell you, as a college football coach, Nick Saban is overpaid. Ten million dollars is a lot for college football, and he's overpaid for that. And yet, at the same time, as I would go over these numbers, and I'll give credit to Joe Pompliano. Uh, you know, puts all these great sports stories on X slash Twitter. Uh, but he he really does break it down on the kind of effect that Nick Saban has had. And I think people need to understand 
you know, Alabama is, or Tuscaloosa is a small college town. I guess there's a Mercedes-Benz plant not too far away from it. But other than that, everything in Tuscaloosa revolves around Alabama. And, well, it's Alabama. They've been good forever. No, they haven't. Between Bear Bryant, who actually won a couple of championships right before he retired in 78 and 79, and Nick Saban, Alabama won one national championship. That was 92. That was Gene Stallings. That's it. So between 79 and like 2008, they won in 92 or 2009, whatever it was. They went almost 30 years winning one national championship. So Alabama hasn't always been Alabama. There is a huge gaping hole. They weren't even competing for national championships. And there's a huge gaping hole. And though, so Pompliano um, calls it the Flutie effect, maybe based on what Doug Flutie bring into, you know, BC after winning uh, the Heisman. Nick Saban arrived, in two, and I'm reading his tweet from yesterday. Uh, Nick Saban arrived in 2007. Alabama's enrollment has increased from 25,000 students to 40,000 students. That's a 60% jump compared to a, uh, compared to a 10% national average. Now, one of those guys, one of those, um, here's the other, here's the other thing uh, by the type of, but the type of student matters more. Alabama went from the majority of its student body consisting of in-state students to the majority now being out of state. That is one thing that shocked me. This is important because those students pay three times more in annual tuition, 32,000 versus 11,000. And it means Alabama increased its annual revenue by hundreds of millions under Nick Saban. Alabama paid him more than 130 million over 16 seasons, but you could argue he was worth more than a billion. Nick Saban is the best investment this university has ever made. Alabama Chancellor Robert Witt. All right. So a couple of things with this, my producer, Michael Bronner from New Jersey. All right. Knew that he wanted to go to a big sports school in the South, probably get away from the snow. And I think Tennessee was his best option at one point in time. They put him on a waiting list. And then literally he admits this second and 26 against Georgia to win the, the national championship. Convinced him to go to Alabama. All right. Uh, my college roommate uh, lives in Connecticut. And while his sons uh, and now daughter were going through the process of picking out colleges, uh, he noticed coming to Connecticut, Alabama was coming to Connecticut, come out of the snow, come to the South, right? And that's what Nick Saban has done. So in one breath, you can say he's underpaid. And then in another breath, you can say he is severely, uh, he's overpaid and severely underpaid at the same time. And most likely severely underpaid, okay? And, and now somehow I was given, this is fascinating. I was given GJ's Ken, GJ Kinney's contract. All right. So make sure we understand this. And obviously there's a big difference. Josh Pate made a big deal about this. You know, there's a difference between getting paid low six figures and high six figures, right? $100,000 is nice, but that's not the same thing as $750,000. They're both six figures, but those two are very diametrically opposed. And so there's a difference between, you know, a million dollars and $12 million. I understand that. But nonetheless, because Nick Saban, you know, you know, rose everything, cause everything to rise. T.J. Kinney, one year of Texas State, one year, has a five-year, $5 million contract minimum. He can earn, I believe it says, another $700,000 per year. In addition, 
That's awesome, right? Now, just like it would be in Tuscaloosa, I presume a million dollars goes a long way. All right. I don't know if you need to buy a house, you know, new place. He just got a place. Does he need to, you know, spend it? And that's the other thing with these college coaches. They don't have to spend it, right? Maybe you go get a place by the beach. Who, who knows? But there's not a whole lot of time to spend it. You got very finite amount of time to go enjoy your wealth so they can save it. Uh, and so these coaches are making a ton of money. The defensive line coach that LSU just got from Texas, $1.25 million. I believe Alabama's strength and conditioning coach, somewhere between $750 and a million dollars. All of that is because of Nick Saban. And so all these coaches who are making, you know, whether it be Jared Parker or Troy, Bob Chesney at JMU, Kane Womack at South Alabama, um, Mike Desimo here for the Cajuns. They're all making high five, high six, if not seven figure salaries. And that's all because of Nick Saban. And now other schools, right, are, and I'm sure most of this was already done, but, you know, Tulane, for example, right? Tulane has just hopped on the, we need to do better with our athletic program. And they went out and got John Summerall. All right. Uh, that we can't, you can't, you can't beat a three and a half hour commercial on TV. And that's what Alabama was getting. Plus they would get the SEC championship game. And then they would get, you know, either a BCS championship game or a playoff game. And you can't beat that. It's three and a half hours. And it's a, I, I, I visited Tuscaloosa. It's a gorgeous campus. I did not realize it is, you know, it's, it's fraternity and sorority row are right next to the state. And then they stuck in a Publix. <laughs> uh, but all of the coaches owe Nick Saban, uh, you know, for their wealth and, and their contracts. And it's, it's because of that. It's because he made college football worth showing. And, and I'm, honestly, did I see the Rose Bowl had a higher rating than a national championship game? That's interesting, right? Alabama was in it and uh, in the Rose Bowl, and they were not in the national championship game. So the Rose Bowl had a higher rating. That's probably, you know, kind of tough to beat Alabama and Michigan uh, for a football game. But it's because, uh, it's, it's because of Nick Saban. And more schools, I, that's why I was so disappointed that Syracuse did not hop on the NIL and portal deal because you can open yourself up to more people coming to your school, the better your athletic programs are. I fully believe that, right? And it is, it is. I think it's, the, you know, the front door to the, to the university and you can't promote your schools any better than having winning programs. It may be superficial, but however that money's coming in, what do you care? They all owe Nick Saban a, a gratitude, and it's been uh, it's been a heck of a run. It'll be interesting to see what he does next. All right, that was the uh, the Nick Saban. I don't want to say rant or diatribe, but you know, thanks to Nick Saban, right? I mean, are we really doing a lockdown podcast without Nick Saban in college football? I don't know. Maybe a lot of people owe a lot of a lot of thanks and gratitude to uh, Nick Saban. Uh, all right, let's talk about the basketball games from last night. When we come back, Marshall down. Georgia Southern, I was watching like four games at the same time, and that's really hard. So Marshall and Georgia Southern were 
kind of on in the background. And of course, Troy uh, actually um, come from a head victory over other Raging Cajuns. We will do that next. Let me tell you about game time. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy your tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, locked on, for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Dave Schultz, locked on Sunbelt, your team every day. Had a couple of Sunbelt ball games uh, last night. I've watched my nephew, big Louisville fan, so we're sort of watching that. Didn't even get to the Syracuse game until after the Sunbelt games ended. And the Pelicans were on early. Pelicans, watch out. Pelicans are all of a sudden hot. Anyway, so Georgia Southern and Marshall started uh, first. And this was a good ball game, okay? Um, again, we've talked about it. Marshall started out 3-0, and uh, despite starting 5-8 uh, and in the conference, or uh, out of conference. And Georgia Southern started out 0-12, but had come in winning two out of their last three, including beating ULM on the road. And Georgia Southern actually had uh, the lead at half, 36-34. Uh, uh, and this game was, you know, back and forth in uh, the second half. All right. Again, watching multiple games at the same time uh, is, is difficult. But it really was. I mean, so Georgia Southern almost halfway through – the second half had a 51-47 lead. Malik Tidwell hit a three-pointer, and Georgia Southern is up by four there. Uh, and they saw they maintained the lead until Jacob Connor made a three-pointer for Marshall with 8.16 to go, and it's 56-55. And it is back and forth throughout. Marshall ends up, takes control I don't think they lost the lead. Oh, they did. Uh, I don't think they lost the lead again. Once they, did they, is that where they took the lead? 60. They took the lead 60 to 58. And I'm not sure they relinquished it. Although it was a one point ball game a couple of times. Yeah, they didn't lose the lead uh, late. And then they, you know, hit free throws. Uh, down uh, the stretch, even although Georgia Southern hit a three to make it close and, you know, force uh, Marshall to get make a good inbounds pass. But uh, Marshall, again, starting out four and oh, after starting the season out five and eight. So that's pretty good job. Let's go over the scores, scorers. Uh, let's see here. Voiles had 20 for uh, Marshall. Uh, Kerfman had uh, 19. And on a chili had a 19 uh, on a chili, a killing. And I did forget that uh, Martin, I saw him last night, Nate Martin transferring from Texas State to Marshall. That's, that's got to hurt a little bit because he's a grinder 
you know, the, the, not great numbers, but, you know, that'll do. Eight points, seven rebounds, four assists. He was a big part of Texas State for a few years, and now he's helping out uh, Marshall. Should point out that Marshall hit 24 of 30 free throws. That's a lot. They did a good job getting the line. Anicelli Killen was 11 out of 12. 12 or 11 out of his 19 points at the free throw line. So a 79-74 victory for Marshall. They start out 4-0. Uh, I saw people commenting, you know, that Georgia Southern is better than their record. We knew that because they had won three or two out of their first three in the Sun Belt. And... Uh, we actually picked this game. I think we said Marshall would win, but Georgia Southern would cover. It was a big spread. It was like 11 and a half. All right, now we go uh, to the Cajuns and Troy. And this was another good basketball game. I will say it was sloppy. And the reason the Cajuns lost is because they had 20 turnovers. 20 turnovers. Themis Folks, four turnovers. Hosanna Kintinji, four turnovers. That's a ton. Cajuns were down seven at halftime, 37-30. And I tweeted out, I think it would have been at like 63, 60 to, to 53 or something like that. Let me see if we had that as a score. Um, I, I tweeted out it's the same seven-point lead, but um, it felt like Troy was in a control. No, let me see. It was that maybe it was 50, it was 50 to 43. So still at some point late. It was 50 to 43 with at the 12 minute uh timeout, media timeout. And then it actually got to nine. It looked or got to did it get to nine? It did get to nine. Uh Miles Rigsby hit a layup and it's 52-43. Cajuns went small. I haven't seen them play a lot of Themis folks. And uh, Michael Thomas at the same time. And they also had a uh, Hardy, uh, Brandon Hardy on the floor. So that's, you know, guys that are either six foot or less and Hardy's six, three plus Joe Charles and Kobe and Kobe Julian. And uh, they went small and they got right back into it. They forced a bunch of turnovers. They went on a really nice run because they had taken a three-point lead. They went on at least an 11, to, let's see, a 52-43. Um, they took a 54, a contingent actually made a couple of free throws, and with eight minutes left, it's 54-53. They went on, what is that, a 12-to-1 run? And then they actually, Brandon Hardy made a layup. Should be noted, Hardy actually missed a wide-open layup. It didn't really affect them because... I think Troy missed, and then they followed the Cajuns. But nonetheless, the Cajuns were up 56-53, and maybe the biggest shot all night for Troy <clears throat> was a Victor Valdez three-pointer that tied the ball game up. That's with seven minutes to go. You miss that, and the Cajuns start building a lead. Uh, it may be tough to overcome, but... Don't know if the, C the Cajuns retake the lead. They did take the lead. So this is back and forth at this point in time. Troy actually built uh, a little bit of a lead, you know, a couple possession lead. And then the Cajuns actually took a 65-64 lead. And that may have been 
uh, their last lead uh, in the ball game. I thought, and this is not why they lost. There were a couple of ticky tack fouls called on uh, Contrell Garnett. Like one of the guards for Troy made a nice move to the hoop and slid right past Kentrell, and Kentrell just jumped and missed him. And they called a foul. Then there was another foul uh, with another drive to the hoop, and Kentrell missed him. So it was ticky, some ticky tack calls. And yeah, they, they called a ticky tack call on, on folks. That's not why they lost. Two reasons that they lost 20 turnovers. Awful. And some of them were sloppy. And the only reason that the Cajuns were in this ballgame when you have 20 turnovers is because Troy hit 15. And some of these were really sloppy turnovers, right? Like contingent just passed it to the wrong guy and it's a layup uh, the other way. And Troy did that a couple of times uh, as well. So 35 turnovers <laughs> between the two teams, uh, not pretty basketball. It was a good game because it was close. Um, but the Cajuns lost because of 20 turnovers. And we had mentioned this and you really, I don't get it. I don't know why. You know, Joe Charles coming off this monster ball game of 22 points, 14 rebounds, five blocks, three steals. He only gets four shots. He only scores two points, grabs seven rebounds, played 34 minutes. He got no little foul trouble at the end of the first half where he got a second foul, but he only ended up with three. He played most of the ball game. And he only had four shots. And the one bucket that he got was a mistake. It was launched towards the basket. And I don't even know if he tipped it in, but it went off of him. It may have gone off a Troy player, but they give it to Charles because he was the closest case. Didn't take any free throws. And that's where, you know, the Cajuns lost the ball game. Not to put it all on Joe Charles because, you know, he's a really good player. But we're talking about, you know, the consistency. He almost has a, a triple, uh, you know, he was almost averaging a double-double. But, in fact, he may be averaging a double-double now after the previous ball game. But you can't go from 22 points to two. And even if Troy, you know, is going to look at the stat sheet and say, we got to stop Joe Charles, I, one for four, I mean, you know. Some other players had good ball games, all right? Themis Fultz bounced back. He struggled. He still had the four turnovers, but, you know, 13 points, four assists. Uh, Katinji, uh, 13 points, nine rebounds. Kobe Julian kind of been an MIA for the last few ball games. He had 20 points, four rebounds. Uh, for Troy, uh, Christian Eugene was outstanding. 22 points, seven to nine from the floor, six to six free throws. Uh, he led the way. Connor Way had 13, uh, and Muhammad had uh, 10. Um, but Troy does, again, a come from ahead victory. They were ahead, mo you know, towards the end of the, the, I guess, the second half of the first half. And led most of the way in the second half until the Cajuns came from behind. And, you know, when you're a team like the Cajuns, almost everything has to go perfect. They didn't shoot the three well, only five of 17, but you can't turn the ball over 20 times. You just, you just can't. The discrepancy in free throws is because they fouled them at the end of the ball game. The discrepancy wouldn't have been that big. But, um, and the Cajuns, by the way, were in shooting uh, free throws. At one point in time, it was in the second half, it was like eight, Fouls to three. You know. The Cajuns had their shot in this ballgame. And it'd be one thing if you had a couple too many turnovers. They had 20. You can't win a ball game when you're having 20 turnovers. That's how you lose. Troy wins 79-73. And they are undefeated. They're 4-0 and as well. Cajuns dropped to 1-3. and Cajuns better be careful. They get Arkansas State 
next. And the only benefit of that is that they're going to have an extra day rest compared to Arkansas State, who's playing uh, tonight. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll go over the betting lines. I think I was right on these two ball games um, that Troy would cover. It was only two and a half. And uh, Marshall would win, but Georgia Southern would cover. That was like an 11 and a half point spread. So that turned out being right. All right, uh, let's take a timeout. When we come back, we'll go over the lines and see what picks I'm going to make and probably get wrong. Uh, coming up next on Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day. All right, let me tell you a little bit about FanDuel. The NFL regular season has wrapped up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. That's the best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of uh, the NFL. All right, Dave Schultz, locked on. So about your team every day. Let's go over the lines for tonight's ballgame. The only problem with the lines in college basketball, unless it's like a top 25 team, and even that may not be the case, these lines don't come out until like the day of. That's the only thing. I don't even think they come out the night before. Uh, all right. So let me uh, make sure I get all these games because FanDuel won't separate it uh, into conference and make sure I, I, I get all the games. All right. So James Madison taking on uh, the uh, South Alabama Jaguars. And that's a 12 and a half point spread. I think the Jags are going to win. I think South Alabama covers. I don't think South Alabama is that good. I think James Madison is good. That seems like a lot of points. James Madison has not been covering as of a late, which they don't really care about, but just say it. We'll see if Alabama, South Alabama uh, can bounce back. I think they lost. They only lose a couple of ball games at home. Yeah, they're one and two after that big win and come from behind victory over ODU. They dropped two games at home, although both close to Georgia State uh, and App State. But tough to compete in the conference when you're losing a home game. All right, so we'll take South Alabama to cover, but James Madison to win. Up next, we do have Coastal Carolina taking on App State. App State, eight-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. We're going to take App State uh, to win and to cover. I was impressed with Coastal Carolina. They just wouldn't go away against the Cajuns uh, last weekend, but I think App State is distinctly better than Coastal Carolina. I don't think that game will be very close. All right. This feels like a must win for Georgia State. I'm going to take the Panthers. They're taking on Old Dominion. Old Dominion struggling without their coach, uh, Jeff Jones. We wish him the best, best in his recovery. Georgia State, four and a half point favorites. Um, are they? What are they? Are they two and one? I think they're two and one to begin the season. Let's see here. They are two and one in the Sun Belt. And so now Georgia State can start out 3-0 and with a win, which should be relatively easy. And then I think they get Georgia Southern. So that won't be easy. But all of a sudden, Georgia State could start out 4-1. and And remember, we mentioned this. They've only had – they only had three wins last year. So that's pretty good. All right. Uh, let's see what else we have. So we'll take Georgia State to cover. It's only four and a half. Now we got to scroll down a little bit further. you got Monroe taking on Southern Miss. Uh, that is in Monroe. 
I mean, Southern Miss is better. They're four and a half point favorites on the road. That's just not that many points. I don't think Monroe is that good. We will take a Southern Miss by four and a half. Uh, Arkansas State, six and a half. I think they're going to cover. They got Texas State. Texas State, six and a half point underdog on the road. I am taking Arkansas State. And this is where I need to, to, yeah, and that's it. Okay, so that's all. Need to need to make sure I'm doing all of the teams, and especially with a couple of games that we uh, played last night. Okay, so our two recap: we'll take James Madison to win, but South Alabama to cover, uh, Georgia State uh, to cover and to win, App State to beat Coastal Carolina on the road and to cover the eight and a half, Southern Miss four and a half point favorite on the road to Monroe. We'll take the Golden Eagles, and Arkansas State will uh, beat Texas State and cover the six and a half. And again. Arkansas State started out four and eight. If they beat Texas State and the Cajuns, they'll be eight and nine, but more importantly, four and one in the Sun Belt. That's a heck of a job. That's a heck of a job. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in to Lockdown Sun Belt, your team every day. We'll be back tomorrow to recap Thursday's action and what, what other, you know, earth shattering news happens on uh, on Thursday. Thanks again. I'm your host, Dave Schultz, and you've been watching Locked On Sunbelt, your team, every day.